0: we could be one step closer to finding out who killed Paul and Maggie Murdoch. Alec, did
1: you kill Paul and Maggie? This case is unique. It's unprecedented in South Carolina history. The only reason why the... You know what? I'm not done. If I could be heard without being interrupted... and hijacked hijacked by the state as they continue to try to hide the ball on this case. With emergency. We're following a developing story, this one out of Colleton County. It's 4147, Moselle Road, I've been up to it now, it's bad. Double homicide involving a mother and son.
0: Both deaths resulting from apparent gunshot wounds.
1: In this town, nobody questioned the Murdochs for 100 years. You know, powerful people make powerful enemies. You commit a murder in the 14th circuit, the odds of you going to death row are
0: high. From the studios of WCIV, ABC News 4 in Charleston, this is the podcast Unsolved South Carolina, case file number one, the Murdochs. It's been a busy summer in the Murdoch saga, especially for Judge Clifton Newman. The judge is signed to a case that's not unlike herding cats, with a constant stream of new indictments involving Alec Murdoch. Indictments now hovering precariously close to 100 with the most astonishing charges finally revealed. On July 12, 2022, SLED pays a visit to John Marvin Murdoch, Alec's brother. They're ready to move forward with charging Alec with the murders. 400 days after Alec's wife, Maggie, and son Paul were found shot dead at the family's hunting estate. That takes us back to how John Marvin and his family are now reacting to the news of these pending charges against Alec in connection to the murders. He says more than anything, the Murdoch and Setter families just want the truth to come out in the death of Paula Maggie. He said in part, quote, I don't know if SLED has it right or not. I don't know if law enforcement has the answers. We want the truth. I'm not acknowledging that they are accurate and right. I'm not acknowledging that they are charging the wrong person. I'm acknowledging that I don't know. Two days after I spoke to John Marvin, I watched Creighton Waters, the assistant attorney general for the state of South Carolina, slip quietly, almost furtively, into the back door of the Colleton County Courthouse down in Walterboro, South Carolina, perhaps hoping he would not get caught on camera, which he was, by me, through the Iron Gates. Good morning. Mr. Waters, are you here for the indictments with Alec Murdoch? The true bill from the Colleton County Grand Jury came swiftly, within the hour. I read the charges out on a Facebook Live as we received it. Once again, what we're learning is that through a statement that was just released by Attorney General Alan Wilson and SLED Chief Mark Keel, they have now announced that the Colleton County Grand Jury has indicted Alec Murdoch for two counts of murder. And within a week, I was back at the same courthouse waiting for Alec Murdoch to emerge from a black SUV. On July 20th, 2022. Alec, did you kill Paul and Maggie? It was a day of reckoning for Alec Murdoch. He pleaded not guilty to charges that he killed Maggie and Paul on June 7, 2021.
1: What say you, Richard Alec Murdoch? Are you guilty or not guilty of the felonies wherein you stand indicted?
0: Not guilty. Demanding to be arraigned right then and there for the cameras. How shall you be tried? I, my I ran into attorney Joe McCulloch after Murdoch's hearing. McCulloch is representing Connor Cook, the young man who said he was wrongly accused of driving Alec Murdoch's boat in that fatal boat crash that killed Mallory Beach. All evidence points to a drunken Paul Murdoch who was actually driving. McCulloch sat in on Murdoch's bond hearing. I asked what he thought of the on-the-spot arraignment of Alec.
1: A formal arraignment, which is a little bit unusual in, in the criminal uh, sphere in South Carolina to have him ask if he pled guilty or not guilty uh, and how he wished to be tried as he answered by God and country. All of that's a little bit of a old school anachronistic process. Uh, I think it was done or requested to be done for a purpose and the purpose was to send the message that Alec Murdoch, according to his lawyers, is absolutely not guilty and that The speedier speedier that a trial can occur, the sooner he will be exonerated.
0: By now, you might have seen the photos of Alec as he faced Judge Newman, that drastic weight loss, a gaunt-looking shell of a man, once the life of the party, and now looking down, masked up with a shaved head, handcuffed. Alec traded his prison garb for a slightly crumpled white linen shirt with a pair of everyman khakis just for the hearing. Pretty casual for a man who spent his life in a suit and tie in courtrooms across the state, including this one in Colleton County. Alec denied killing Maggie and Paul, but still consented to no bond. It wasn't like he was getting out of jail anyway. He's already got a $7 million bond on his financial crime cases he isn't able to pay. Besides Alec's physical appearance, the most shocking thing to happen in the bond hearing was the state providing no evidence of Murdoch's guilt in open court. In fact, both the state and Murdoch's defense attorneys were eager to make the status quo in this case. They said they didn't want any information about evidence or motive getting out to the public. They said it's to guarantee a fair trial. So the prosecution and defense jointly asked Judge Newman for a gag order on everyone involved to keep them from talking to the media. The two sides also asked for normally public court filings made in this case to be automatically sealed. Here's Murdoch's defense attorney, Dick Harpootlian, making the case to Judge Newman.
1: This it, is it, gonna force us to disclose matters to the general public um, um, that we don't really want to discuss in public because we're trying to get a fair trial uh, for our client, not try it uh, in the media, but try it in this courtroom.
0: Even the state's lead prosecutor, Creighton Waters, agreed.
1: Uh, the state has no objection to a gag order, or Mr. Harputlian uh, discussed it with me and uh, we, we do agree that that would be appropriate in this matter given the amount of media attention.
0: But Judge Newman would have none of it. But at the same time, I want it clear that we will not have any private motion hearings. Uh, public matters will be public. Yeah. Yes,
1: sir, Your Honor. Okay.
0: He wrote an order in the following weeks denying both sides request for a gag order. He said sealing documents will be done on a case-by-case basis. He also reminded the lawyers there are already rules against unethical pre-trial publicity. We'll be right back after a short word from our sponsors. Growing up, there are stories that stick with you forever. And if you grew up in Dayton, Ohio, that story was probably the disappearance of Erica Baker. On February 7th, 1999, Erica Baker put on her raincoat, leashed up her dog, and started to walk through a park. That nine-year-old was never seen again. 23 years later, her investigation still haunts the community, and that's why Dayton 24-7 now is bringing listeners the most in-depth journalistic investigation to date on the Erica Baker case. The Missing Erica Baker podcast launched June of 2022 and offers you exclusive interviews and never-before-seen footage hoping that maybe, just maybe, what we found could bring her home. You can find Missing Erica Baker on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
0: In that same July hearing, Murdoch's defense team of Jim Griffin and Senator Dick Harpootlian asked for a speedy trial, a right guaranteed to Americans by the Sixth Amendment to our Constitution. Murdoch's attorney suggested trial by November or December. Here's Dick Harpulian.
1: I would point out they spent over a year investigating this. They took it to a grand jury. They should have pre- presented them with all the evidence that would have convinced that grand jury beyond a reasonable doubt. And so it's there, it's accessible. Uh, Mr. Murdoch does this for a number of reasons. One, as you've heard, he believes he's innocent. He avers he's innocent. And two, he believes that the killer or killers are still at large, and this would allow Sweb. With this behind him and go look for the real killer
0: the state agreed in theory to the aggressive timeline but did not agree to murdoch's innocence here's creighton waters again
1: the state is absolutely in favor the evidence of this case is substantial and it all points back to Alec murdoch
0: harpootlian's volley back
1: our response to that is he's wrong uh, and that's why a jury will sit in that jury box
0: right now it's looking like january 2023 before the trial will begin, which both sides appear to agree on. But the pre-trial theatrics, well, they're already taking center stage. In mid-August, Harpootlian and Jim Griffin accused the state of refusing to turn over evidence they have against Murdoch, a violation of court rules they believe is intentional.
1: Gotcha prosecution.
0: It's trial by ambush. That's Dick Harbutlian in front of his law firm August 17th, accusing state prosecutors of dragging their feet during the crucial evidence discovery phase before trial.
1: Give us the stuff. You went to a grand jury and said, you've got enough evidence to convict Alec Murdaugh, convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt. Where is it? I don't have a shred of paper. I don't have an email. I don't have an exhibit. I don't have any evidence.
0: Harputlian has formally asked Judge Newman to force the state to turn over evidence. But Waters says it's all an act by Harputlian. Waters says he's been holding off on releasing some evidence to Murdoch's side because it's very sensitive in nature. It includes graphic crime scene photos. And Waters says he wants Judge Newman to sign a protective order blocking public access to the evidence before he gives it to Murdoch's team. Waters says Harpootlian and Griffin knew this and even agreed to it before suddenly flipping and accusing the state of holding back evidence. Waters calls the allegations ridiculous and accuses Griffin and Harpootlian of manufacturing drama. But the drama doesn't end there. Murdoch's lawyers now claim there's a mole in the AG's office already leaking some of the same sensitive evidence to the media. That's after long swirling rumors were confirmed. A cell phone video exists recorded by Paul Murdoch at the family hunting estate minutes before he and his mother were shot to death in the same place. Harpootlian questions how details of that video made it into a reporter's hands before he and Griffin ever got a chance to review it for themselves and before family members found out either. They're now pointing the finger squarely at the AG's office. Harpootlian says Murdoch's family told him sled agents have admitted to them the attorney general's office has been leaking murder evidence to the media.
1: family wanted to know why they were reading about it in the paper before they heard about it. And sweat agents with them said the attorney general's office had leaked
0: it. This is an accusation that the attorney general's office strongly denies. A spokesperson sent out a statement within hours of the accusations and said all of Harputlian's claims are categorically false. But it was enough for Harputlian to subpoena four SLED agents to testify on August 29th. He called on Captain Ryan Neal specifically to step forward. Captain
1: Ryan Neal uh, appears with SLED. He's been involved in this process and the gathering of the evidence which I think would explain to the court how easy it is for this evidence to be produced.
0: That request was ultimately quashed by the judge. After court, I asked Harpootlian why he called on Neil. Why did you want to have Captain Neal speak at the, as a witness? Why did you call Captain Neal? No comment. Prosecutor Waters said, The need for that protective order was obvious with this intense media scrutiny. And The whole point is to have
1: this not fall in the the wrong hands. This case is unique, it's unprecedented in South Carolina history. Uh, You know, this information, Your Honor, is probably worth six to seven
0: figures. The judge granted a protective order over the evidence, and he compelled the state to turn it over to the defense as soon as possible. Harputlian is not backing down.
1: I'm not here to work with them. Okay? That's not my job. My job is to represent my client, and that's what we're going to do. I'm not here to be friends with anybody.
0: Speaking of friends, what's happened to Alec Murdoch's inner circle? Coming up, the fallout of Alec's friendships. He was trusted for so many years, and um, really the best best way to, to put it was he was like a father figure to me. Clients like the Piler Sisters, whose mother and brother died in a terrible car crash. Their fortune entrusted to Alec Murdoch, as well as his friend and former CEO of the Southern Banking Institution, Palmetto State Bank, Mr. Russell Lafitte. The first fraud case to go to federal court in the Murdoch saga. I still had conversations with uh, Mr. Lafitte often, um, so I, I, I couldn't believe it could not believe it. He was very trusted and it just kind of goes to show that you can't, you know, you just can't trust everyone. So even when they're appointed to you to protect your, you know, your assets and your money. Unsolved South Carolina was brought to you by me, Ann Emerson, along with producer Drew Trump and editor Daniel Michener. Original music by Maxwell Harrison. If you enjoyed listening today, please consider rating and reviewing. It goes a long way to help others discover this podcast. Audible is the destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Allow your imagination to be peaked